I think a lot of people, it's almost easier to just suck it up and stay than it is to leave. I don't want to bother them with my problems. Like, I'll just deal with it myself. I'm just a little freshman. We're kind of degrading ourselves as people at that point. Yeah. <laughs> We're not very, very nice to ourselves. No. I feel like we lose track of it when life gets busy and we're only focused on, shoot, you know, I have this assignment and then I have to wake up in five hours because we have to go lift. And like, it just goes so fast that I personally always forget to just settle down and, and, and take a second for myself. I'm Dr. Sarah Olivo. And I'm Dr. Liz Seidler, and you're listening to College is Fine, Everything's Fine. All right, so we are so excited to have our guest today. We've got Anna White and Dr. Corey Gleed, who are here to talk to us a bit more about Type C. They have a podcast dedicated to this issue, and I'll let them go ahead and introduce themselves. Tell us about you guys. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. It's super fun to be here. I'll start, Corey. So I'm Anna White. I am a former investment executive. I spent about 20 years working on Wall Street. I worked for a lot of different firms from capital markets to private equity, equity research, asset management. And at one point in my career, it's been about, I guess, 13 years ago now, I experienced really severe burnout, which led to a chronic illness that's taken a really long, long time to understand and diagnose and recover from. And so I spent a lot of time reflecting on what made me so sick and realized that these, this type C personality was a really big contributor to my declining health. So I ultimately ended up leaving corporate life. I started a specialty care package business called Rest and Heal. And then Corey and I have known each other for a long time, and we decided to just really do something with this Type C personality. So we launched this big initiative, Type C Toolbox, that we'll talk about more. I am Corey Gleed. I'm a clinical psychologist. I am from New York City. I see patients that have anxiety, depression, stress, and I practice evidence-based treatments, which is why I know Sarah. And Anna and I have known each other for a long time, not in the health area because of our kids. And then we teamed up because she introduced me to this idea of the type C personality, which I recognized in a lot of my patients, but really never understood what it was specifically before. Anna read this very interesting book by Nasha Winsers that talked about the type C personality. Basically, it's this person who is excessively nice to the point of ignoring their own needs, someone who people pleases to excess, who really avoids conflict, who's excessively focused on other people and really worries about upsetting other people. So you're noticing me use the word excessive a lot. It's fine to be thoughtful and caring to other people. It's fine to want to do things for other people. It's absolutely fine to, you know, get really feel good when you're thoughtful and caring to other people. But what we're really talking about with type C traits is when you take it too far. And we also talk about in the same idea about saying no, that a lot of times people that have type C traits really struggle with saying no. And we're trying to talk about how saying no can be a good thing. So we want everyone out there to realize some type C is not bad. It's when it's taken excessively too far, but being thoughtful and caring to other people and really enjoying when other people are happy with you is fine. It's when you completely forget about yourself and all these types of emotional and physical problems start to happen. People can have excessive migraines, stomach issues, sleep issues, just feel fatigued all the time, real excessive burnout. And that would be when you would want to go talk to someone. 
but on the lesser degree, being thoughtful and caring is a wonderful thing. Yes, and I can absolutely imagine that there can be a tipping point where it feels like it goes overboard. So I want to talk a bit more about burnout for sure, but a couple of questions first. And the reason I'm saying I want to talk about burnout for sure is because I'm assuming that a lot of college students experience burnout. And we it doesn't mean that if you're burnt out that you have type C traits necessarily. There's a lot of things in the world that lead to burnout. Societal pressure, social, you know, social media pressures, academic pressures, et cetera. So let's talk a little bit about burnout. But before we do, could you tell me, because some of the things you're describing could also be a bit of social anxiety, you know, fearing saying no because of some negative judgment in some way. How do you distinguish between somebody who feels a bit anxious in social situations versus having type C traits? Let me think about that. I mean, I think there there's definitely some overlap. But I think when I think about myself as a type C person, it was really driven more by rules that I had in my mind, beliefs that I had that I can't disappoint other people, that I can't let them down. I have to be the responsible one. I have to be the one that sort of holds it all together. And so that was kind of really the driving force for me. And my real burnout happened after my second maternity leave, which I know is not as relevant to college students. But at that point, I just felt like, and when your college students get into the work world and you're under the, in these workplace situations and you feel all this pressure and you feel like you have to prove yourself and I have to be the one that's the strong team player, then that's when it really started to manifest a lot more for me. I would say that the difference between type C and social anxiety really is it's semantics. It's the types of rules that are in your head. For someone that has social anxiety, it's more about really worrying excessively about upsetting, sorry, not upsetting, embarrassing yourself, doing something stupid, having other people not like you more from a behavior that you've done versus people with type C are much focused on worrying about kind of anger, people being upset with them, people, you know, burdening other people. So I think it's a slight, it's slightly different. Right. And it might not necessarily be as relevant for those people listening, but have type C traits, meaning you have these kind of rules in your head about needing to please others. You can have social anxiety, which means I'm sort of worried that people are going to judge me negatively and that I'm going to, you know, so it might keep you from social situations, maybe more so than being type C, where they wouldn't be necessarily fearful of social situations, but they still have that sort of anxious to please piece. We also know that college is a time when people are exploring a lot of ideas, a lot of different identities. I remember actually myself, I took a personality disorder questionnaire in my early 20s and I did myself with about five different personality disorders. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God. All right. So I want people out there to hear like, oh, just because, you know, if they start to Google type C, they're probably going to see a few (laughs) things like type C, cluster personality disorders, et cetera, et cetera. But that's not really what we're saying here necessarily. Can you talk about the difference between having some type C characteristics versus having a more defined personality disorder, type C personality disorder? We always say that type C is not really a problem unless it's hurting you in some way. A lot of the characteristics of type C are great. You're generous. You're giving, you're a strong team player, you're very responsible, Mm -hmm. you're very reliable. But when you take it too far, like I did, and you neglect yourself and you completely, you know, focus on everyone else's needs and put your needs at a very low priority and you neglect your own self-care and it affects you physically and mentally, that's when it really becomes a personality problem as opposed to, you know, just some Mm -hmm. traits. Corey, you might want to add to that. Yeah. So I like to talk to my patients about the idea that anxiety is really about caring about things that you feel very uncertain about. 
So it's very, very similar. I think it's, I like to actually get away from diagnoses in general. My patient earlier today just asked me like, so is this OCD? And I was like, let's go back to the philosophy that I'd like to share, which is, you know, so being a caring, thoughtful person is wonderful. And it's really all about whether it's social anxiety or your type C traits, what's the cost for you? Are you ignoring the cost? So I think that you can 100% be caring and thoughtful to other people, but are you completely ignoring yourself? And are you just floundering? Are you exhausted all the time? Do you feel angry and resentful? What's the depth of your connection? You know, do you fear sharing how you really feel? Like if someone says, hey, do you want pizza or do you want sushi tonight? And you're like, oh, whatever, yeah. you know, do you always do that? Ultimately, your friends don't know if, you know, your friends say, hey, do you want to stay in tonight or go out to a bar? And you never, oh, whatever you want, it, they don't. So it's, it's ultimately about like noticing what is the cost, I would say, that's really important to think about when you're talking about that diagnosing the personality disorder, right? If you, you can be lots of different things and that's great. It's just, it's really about, is there a cost on you? Are you exhausted? You know, do you feel like people don't really know you? Are you angry, resentful? Are you noticing physical symptoms? And the challenge is, we talked about, Anne and I were talking about this the other day, is that for a person that really has type C, it's hard to notice. Your head is in the sand. And so I think a lot of times, maybe with someone who's socially anxious, they actually are aware. I, I just get really anxious in social situations. I worry a lot about what other people think. But a type C person really often, be, and this can happen due to early invalidating environments, that there's this super protective ability to just shut it out, to shut yourself out. And so that's the first step really, which is recognizing you're not doing well. And unfortunately, in Anna's case, she can talk more about this. It took her a really long time to realize that she wasn't doing well. Well, one phrase that comes to mind a lot that I'll say to people is setting yourself on fire to keep others warm. Mm. And yeah, like and every now and then they're like, actually, I think I might be, right? It's okay to keep others warm. That's nice. But if you're setting yourself on fire, that's more of a problem. And it sounds like you were on fire. I was a percent on fire. I was just this person who defaulted to yes when someone asked me to do something because I needed to be that that strong team player and be the one that was, you know, the glue that held it all together and the one that could, you know, carry the weight on her shoulders. And I was in a really, really bad place. I had this horrendous fatigue mm. that I had a really hard time resolving. It took years to resolve it, but it also took me a long time to just admit that I was not in a good place. I just kind of kept on going and kept on going because that's what I'd always done instead of listening to my body and like these very specific signals of, okay, you're like glued to the bed when you wake up in the morning and you're like, you know, limbs are paralyzed. This is not a healthy place, but I just, you know, pour a cup of coffee and try to keep on going. Well, and I'm hoping that, you know, our colleagues that are listening to this, right, you can hear what your experience was like, and maybe we can share what are some things that people with type C personality traits can kind of pay attention to. So what I'm thinking about is if either in your clinical work or thinking back to college, where it really is about navigating relationships, whether it's with professors, building or maintaining, you know, healthy friendships, being a good roommate, <laughs> having a great rooming situation. And then of course, you know, the whole hookup culture or trying to figure out what kind of relationship romantically you're going to be in. What do you think are some common 
difficulties that you could see people with type C personality traits getting into in any of these different domains of relationships in college? I would say for my college experience, I think there was a lot of pressure to be a cool girl, a low maintenance, low drama girl who, you know, just was a lot of fun, didn't make waves, didn't challenge anyone. And that was kind of what was rewarded, especially in the dating world. You know, the guys just really wanted to hang out with a cool girl. And that can get you in a lot of trouble. It can take you in a lot of down some troublesome paths in terms of drinking or drugs or sex or, you know, just defaulting to yes, instead of really thinking about your own needs and what's going to be best for you, as opposed to, I want to be, you know, I want to be the girl that, you know, can do it all and can hang out with everybody and the, you know, the guy's girl or whatever it is. I think, you know, in, in college, just, you know, thinking about if you are that person who is, is living up to other people's expectations of you, as opposed to, this is what mm -hmm. I need. These are my long-term goals. These are my values. When I look back, that's not what I was focused on at all. And I think it's hard, but it is something to just to start thinking about a lot. I think things to notice to help get you going is loneliness, anger or resentment that you may feel in relationships, because these are really common things. Surprisingly, people with type C who spend so much time thinking about other people and doing so much for other people actually and can be great friends. People, I mean, come on, you're right. a great friend, right? Like people love you because you drop everything, you help them. But amazingly, you, you might have many friends, but you feel lonely or you feel angry or resentful because your friends never mm. do nearly as much for you, dump a ton on you emotionally. And just so I think that can be <laughs> something to think about. Are you experiencing this? And again, just like Sarah said earlier, like just because you're experiencing loneliness does not mean you have type C. But it can be really, really hard to notice the warning signs. So that might be something to just pay attention to. I also think I've had a lot of type C patients in college. And again, whether it's anxiety or type C or, or a, a mishmash, leading to a lot of procrastination about contacting professors, leading to like asking questions, getting really stuck in not handing things in. And it's all just about worrying about messing up or so the perfectionism can definitely take a, ro a role in that. And so if there's any type of way, whether it's a mindfulness exercise or any type of way to slow down and notice, this can be through hanging out and doing activities with your friends. What are you feeling? We talk a lot about this on our website, Type C Toolbox, that noticing what's going on in your body, a lot of times we are just stuck in our heads. We live in a generation and a world right now that we're just very in our heads. And so you know, are you having a lot of stomach issues? Are you really not sleeping well? Are you really fatigued? Now, it may not necessarily be that that's because of type C, but don't ignore that, right? Don't drink tons of coffee or take Adderall to ignore that. Right. Like, what's going on? Slow down. Well, so if we're thinking about like the campus, right? And what people have access to there, what are some, be some life or some skills that people could use that are pretty quick to learn and do? You want to talk about our cheat sheet? We have a, so on our website, Type C Toolbox, we have a cheat sheet of just a couple of strategies that, you know, we could go on and on and on about our strategies, but we try to make them really simple. So the first part is noticing what you're doing, but things, so whether you do that through a mindfulness exercise or some sort of meditation practice or just sitting and breathing, how's your body, right? That's the first thing. What's, you know, what are you worrying about? What are the rules in your head? And again, 
we can't change the rules in your head. They may come from things that were really helpful earlier on that were protective earlier in your life. If you grew up in an environment where there was a lot of criticism, a lot of perfectionism, maybe a parent that had mental health issues or a substance abuse issue, or just you got rewarded mm -hmm. tremendously for always obeying and, do, and going along. But how is this hurting you now? So being kind to yourself with, oh, right, of course I think these things and these things are really important to me, but wow, they're really keeping me stuck now. And then would I be willing to do this really scary thing, which is do something different than I always do, which is really, really tough. It's like if I said to you, okay, Sarah, okay, Liz, you guys are gonna now be left-handers if you're right-handers, right? Every time you're gonna pick up the pencil with your right hand, you're not gonna be, you know, immediately. So you pick up the pencil with your right hand and then you realize, oh, wait, I'm trying to work on picking up the pencil with my left hand. So, you know, you have to kind of be kind to yourself, but definitely sitting with anxiety, noticing these rules. We have a bunch of other tools, Anna. You want to talk about some of them? I mean, one of my favorites is just a very simple delay tactic when somebody comes to mm. you and asks you to do something or do, you know, and you're, if you're somebody who defaults to yes, when someone is coming to you with something, just buying yourself a little bit of time and saying, you know, can I get back to you on that? Instead of sure, I'll take that on. And then really think about all the pros and cons of taking that on. Is that good for you? Is it furthering your goals in some way? Is it in line with your values? What's the cost? How much time is it going to take? What's going to be the impact on your day? And that's just a really simple thing to do, but something that could have saved right. me a lot of, a lot of trouble if I look back over the years. Something similar to the delay tactic is also trying to work on noticing how you always say yes, right? And can you say no more? And this, you know, there's flexibility in all of this, right? We're not saying you always say no now, but just trying to be more aware of how often you always default to yes. That's part of the delay tactic, buy yourself some time and then start small, right? These things are really hard. Can you just dip your toe in the water? Who's a, who's a friend of yours who you can say no to? You know, hey, I, can you help me on this test? Can you come over tonight and help me study? And you would say, you know what? I really can't tonight, but can I come by tomorrow morning, right? Like that's a just a gentle way of starting to put your needs out there. Or the pizza sushi thing where someone says, what's your, you know, do you want pizza or sushi tonight? Instead of just saying whatever, just say, well, I really want sushi, right? So that's not necessarily saying no, but it's put, starting to put your needs out there. And I'll say something that as maybe someone on this podcast also has some types of traits, something that someone said that resonated with me that helped was like if you know you don't it's not just saying no you, you're saying yes to something else so think about when you say no what are the thing that you're saying yes to that you can say yes to because you're saying no to that and I was like oh okay that'll I'm gonna work on that that'll help so there's two things I just want to quickly say about that, which is one of the things that's been so helpful personally to me is working with Anna. I realized, oh, wow, like I'm definitely not type C in work stuff, but I can definitely get sucked into type C traits with my kids. So this has been very personally helpful. But another thing, you know, based on what you were just saying, that it can be very helpful to realize that the more you say in the right situations, you actually are building your own strength back up to be able to say yes to situations that matter more to you. And that is helpful for you. And that is helpful for people that are really important to you in your life. I was just going to say that you started with Corey kind of talking about paying attention to our physiology. And it seems like a lot of like the first step is just some like awareness training around like what's going on with your body. And then also putting a stop to kind of proceed mindfully with your choices that you're making. And Sarah and I definitely talk a lot in our podcast about, you know, mindfulness and, and the benefit of it. But when you were talking about, it, I know, Anna, you talked about this earlier, 
the physiology component, I feel like is one of the first signs, at least for me, that I know I'm burned out. It's like, I'll even, I tell my patients, like usually right before I eat lunch, I just do like a three minute breathing exercise to just kind of see what the pace of my breath is. And I'm always amazed, like what my breathing tells me, what's going actually on with me emotionally that I might have my head in the sand round. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I, I'm like basically not even exhaling. And I had no idea that I'm kind of carrying more tension and stress in my body than I even realized. But I thought maybe we could end on a term that we all hear nowadays and probably experience around burnout. And maybe what, what are some of your tips since, since it seems like type C personality trait people tend to experience it. And so we, what are some of the signs that they might experience and what would be some of your recommendations to kind of prioritize more self-care? Well, I'll start on that one. I think some of the signs, at least for me, I was getting sick a lot, like a lot of recurrent sinus infections. And then that turned into fatigue that wouldn't resolve with sleep. When I would wake up, it would be, I would Mm. be unrefreshed. So unrefreshing sleep. I had some stomach issues, but for me, it was mostly around this, this inescapable fatigue that just didn't resolve. So I think in terms of self-care, you know, the things that have helped me the most have been, well, first of all, just sort of understanding type C and really working to to prioritize self-care, which was always a real struggle for me to put my my needs first. But just, you know, making enough time in the day for, for nutrition, that takes some planning. It takes time to eat nutritious meals, but nutrition has taken me a long way in my recovery. Exercise, sunlight, I think is so important just to make sure that we're up and around and you know, just kind of being really, like you said, more in tune with your body. Are you breathing in a shallow way? Are you getting sick over and over again? Are you stiff? You know, what's going on? And really just pay, paying a lot of attention to what's happening in there. Because it's so easy mm-hmm. just to gloss over it and make excuses for yourself or, oh, this is fine. Or, this is because of this. But no, just to really think about it and, and analyze it and, and try to understand that. I think another component is recognizing it's a journey, right? And so it could take you a while to sort of figure out and just trying to be patient Obviously, you know, whenever you have any type of physical symptoms, you always want to go and check it out and roll out anything that's going on with a doctor. But many of my type C patients do really struggle with insomnia, fatigue, a lot of stomach issues. So, you know, you want to start see see if there's any tri- right. type of treatment that can be helpful for that that's medical. But just recognizing that our bodies do really talk to us and oftentimes we ignore them. And so you know, what are you doing? One of the things that I always ask my patients in the first session is, what do you do for fun? What do you do to relax? And I'm always sadly not surprised that many of them, you know, don't have that. And so trying to think about what are you doing, whether it is reading or exercising. And also, what are you doing that helps your body unwind? I am just thinking of my kids. And if I asked them that question, they would say, play video games, mom. And which is great. It's fun. And they can talk to their friends and do stuff like that. But a lot of the things we often do really wind us up. So that's fine. Play your video games, be on Instagram. All that stuff can be fine as long as you are also doing things to unwind. And so I think that's a big thing to think about for anyone out there, whether they're struggling with anxiety, stress, type C traits, just what are you doing to unwind? Whether it's breathing, reading, meditating, going for a walk. And I'll just add one more thing. Doing one thing at a time. Multitasking is awesome. It's great. Gets a lot done. But people with type C definitely do a lot too much. So trying to do one thing at a time, even if it's just, you know, sipping your tea. I love the idea of being told by two important 
smart people yes. and have more fun and relax more. So I'm going to take your advice. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. And we hate that we have taken up so much of your time. You have been such lovely guests. Thank so. you so much. So if anyone's listening, make sure, and if this sounds familiar to you and you're listening, make sure to subscribe to the Type C Toolbox and we'll make sure to put that in our show notes as well. Awesome. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. On just a whim of mental, just strategizing, what am I going to do? I just sent an email to my professor saying, hey, I'm so sorry, but I have had the worst day. I've had everything piling on top of each other and I just need to take another day on this assignment. And he got back to me in 20 minutes and he said, Isabel, take a week. Sometimes it gets too much and the best thing you can do is walk away. And I can't express enough that that is okay. You don't need to just put this in in one day. It's, it's okay, trust me. I'm glad you reached out and I'm glad you're taking care of yourself. So it's advocating for yourself and maybe putting yourself in a position that might be uncomfortable, but it could also lead to better things. For me, it's recognizing that I'm burnt out too. If I keep ignoring it, if I keep shoving it down, saying, no, I, I can't be weak, I have to be tough. It just ends up so much worse in the long run. Thank you to our guests for sharing their stories and their advice. This podcast is for college students and we want input by college students. So please reach out by text, email, or voice memo to collegesfinepodcast at gmail.com or 929-500-2231. Tell us your story. Give us tips on topics you'd like to hear or give us feedback about an episode. Follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Colleges Fine Podcasts for episode announcements and resources. And last but not least, if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast. Every hit of that plus button helps us keep going. Bye.